Shalom. We are uh, beginning a two-part series on on uh, on an issue of halacha and technology. Uh, our first is our first is entitled "Fire Arrows and Shabbat Candles," which is based on a Nebuke uh, Yosef in Baba Kama. And God willing, next time we'll be discussing a question about uh, sending a fax uh, when Shabbat is not yet in in one place, but is already in in another place. And uh, and I'll give a moment's preface next time about why the issue of sending faxes is still relevant, even though not everybody uses them. Um, that'll be a, a, a one minute introduction next week, God willing. The, the, um, the beginning of our sugya, we're gonna be, we're gonna be learning a sugya in the Gemara, and then uh, a question of one of the Rishonim, then Muke Yosef, Yosef Chabiva, and then uh, his answer, and then we'll we'll note uh, the power of his answer, and God willing, next week we'll apply it as well as as uh, this Nemuge Yosef, as well as uh, as as a teaching on the Nesivas and Tivot Mishpat, uh, one of the major commentaries on the on the Shulchan Aruch. So so today will be a Gemara and Rishonim, and next week, God willing, Achronim. Now the Gemara and Baba Kama. Uh, discusses the topic of uh, nezek eish, damage done through fire. And the the Gemara asks uh, a broad conceptual question. And there are two approaches by uh, by Amoraim, by Rabbi Yochanan and Reish Lakish, uh, uh, which, are, which are fundamentally different approaches. It's the opening of a of a sugya that's that's a three Amud sugya. Uh, and starts like this. Itmar was stated by these Amoraim, Rabbi Yochanan Amar Isho Mishum Chitzav. When when the Torah says that a person is obligated on damage caused by his fire, that is Mishum Chitzav. It is it is because fire is like his arrows. A R R O W S, meaning when a person. Uh, lights a fire, doesn't protect his fire from spreading, and the fire spreads to the next um, to the next yard and burns things and damages, causes damage. It's like he shot an arrow at the neighbor and caused that same damage. That his fire is like his money, his property. Well, according to... Um, According to Reish Lakish, uh, when a person's fire goes out and spreads to the next uh, to the next yard and causes damage, that fire is is tantamount to a person's axe going into the next yard and causing damage. So if we if we give an example, for instance, uh, uh, somebody's fire, uh, uh, somebody lights a bonfire in his backyard. He does not extinguish it properly, and the bonfire spreads to the to the uh, to the next to the neighbor's yard, and causes a fire and burns laundry that's hanging out in the in the neighbor's yard. So, according to Rabbi Yochanan, it's as if the guy was sitting in his in his yard and shot an arrow at the laundry and tore the tore the laundry, and according to Reish Lakish, it's as if his his goat went to the neighbor's yard and started eating at the eating at the laundry. 
Now, the Gemara discusses why it is that Rish Lakish doesn't hold like Rabbi Yochanan, why Rabbi Yochanan doesn't hold like Rish Lakish. Rish Lakish, my time alone, Mark Rabbi Yochanan, why doesn't he say like Rabbi Yochanan? Why doesn't he consider a person's fire as if it's his arrow? Which in effect, uh, it's like he did it himself. When a person shoots an arrow, it's coming because of his, his power, meaning his, what does that mean? That means when a person pulls back the arrow, pulls back the, the bow with the arrow on it, and let, let's go over the bow. Let's go over the bow and the arrow flies. So what a person did then was he created, <coughs> excuse me, he set up the the energy for the arrow to act like as an extension of himself. It was it was it was like a long arm, if you will. If you want to imagine uh, um, the the muscle of of Basparo in the in the story of discovering Moshe on the river. So uh, so what does it say? She sent forth Basparo sent forth her ama her maidservant and 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 took the uh took the basket with Moshe in it now there is a bit of a difficulty there because uh there was a decree that pharaoh pharaoh made against uh that that all jewish babies should be thrown in the river so so it would be kind of strange for pharaoh's daughter to let her maidservants in on this issue uh right Right. Oh, wow, wow, wow. That's right. It's Parshat Shavuah. I forgot totally, Ariel. So, so, uh, so, uh, Rashi, uh, Rashi gives a second example, second understanding of the Pasuk, but she sent forth her own arm, but it was in the river and it wasn't by, by Pharaoh's palace. It was by where Yocheved set it down in the river. So her arm extended her arm extended like it was many arms. So if you can imagine a person's arm extending very far. So that's what happened to um to Batparo. That's what happens when you shoot an arrow. It's like you with your own arm extend and and it's like a person toward the laundry by himself. We'll see this is going to be important later on. Rabbi Yochanan, my time, hello, Mark Reish Lakish. Why didn't Rabbi Yochanan treat, uh, uh, excuse me, the other side, as opposed to fire? What happens with fire is fire has its own dynamic. Fire spreads. Uh, the wind catches fire. A normal wind will catch fire sometimes. There's an abnormal wind, and the and the and 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 a person's liability might be limited. But in a in a normal wind, and fire by definition is just going to go and seek out. Uh, uh, sources of fuel, and it spreads by itself. It's not the person. If the person didn't act on the arrow, the arrow would just stay where it is. It's because the person took the arrow and put that energy into it by pulling it back on the bow and then and then letting it go. That's why the arrow went to where it went. But fire would spread. What the person didn't do is he didn't stop his fire from spreading. But the fire, we wouldn't say, is mikoho from his own, from his own power. Rabbi Yochanan, so Rabbi Yochanan, my time alone, America, Reish, Reish Lakish. Why didn't Rabbi Yochanan say like Reish Lakish? Isn't it a little more like an animal? Just like an animal goes and wanders off on its own, so also the fire wanders off on its own. Amelacham, Mamona, Ispe Mamasha, Ha, Lespe Mamasha. 
money, a person's property has substance to it. Meaning uh, an ax is a thing. It's a, it's, it's a person's object. It's a person's animal and it's got substance. But fire is this, is this uh, enigmatic energy that's floating around. So it's a thing that you own. So that's the, that's the, uh, that's the machlokas. Now Rashi does point out in the very beginning of the sugya uh, that that at this point in the sugya, initially in the sugya, and this will make sense for some of the dynamics of the sugya that as it goes on, that a uh, that that there is a difference of opinion. Let's say if if a person did not own the coal, the hot coal, which causes the fire to spread. So according to Reish Lakish, you would have to own the hot coal, whereas according to Rabbi Yochanan, you would not. But that's part of learning the sugya by itself. That won't be material for us right now. Now, we understand Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish, Yishom Mishuma Mono. There's an analogy. And true, there the Torah has different avos nazikin. The Torah has different categories of damages. The Torah has damages of an ox. It has damages that a person causes by himself. The question is, and this is going to be part of the end of the sugya, where would you categorize fire? Is fire Does fire have the rules? Uh, the Torah just says you have to pay. Does fire have the rules of of automamazic, of a human of a human damage causing damage? Or does fire have the rules of an animal causing damage. And and at the end of the sugya, the Gemara says that it's a um that the the uh, uh that the nafkamina is going to be uh uh with regards to payment. Uh, we'll discuss that in a moment. Um but we we understand Rish Lakish's approach. The question is what's behind Rabbi Yochanan's approach? So Rava at the end of the sugya says as follows: Amar Rava, Kra umasnisa masaya lele Rabbi Yochanan. There's a pasuk and a brisa that supports Rabbi Yochanan. Kra, what pasuk? Kitetze yesh, tetze meatzma. It says when fire goes out, going out, it sounds like it's going out by itself. Yeshalem hamaviratabera. The end of the pasuk says the person who lit the fire, the person who burned. Uh, will will pay. Well, it sounds there like we consider fire burning and the payment for fire as if a person doing it himself actively. Meaning we consider a person's fire spreading to the neighbor's yard as if a person had a had a torch in his hand and he and he went to the neighbor's yard and he and he torched it, which would be uh, arguably automazik. If a person, let's say a person uh, was holding a torch. And he went to the neighbor's laundry, the same neighbor's laundry, and he and he lit the laundry directly. The place where he lit it is Arubamasik. That's a person actively damaging. There's no difference between that and a person actually tearing it with his hands or 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 tearing it with a with a knife or burning it with 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 a torch. When the fire spreads, that's where the Torah talks about Aish, which is when a fire spreads. So there the the Brisa says it in this way. The Torah in that Pasuk opens 
speaking in the language of a person's monetary damage. It says fire goes out, just like it would say the person's axe went out. But the end of the Pasuk, it speaks about it as if it's a person himself doing it. The one who lit the fire. This tells you that that a person's fire is like his arrow. It's something that on the one hand goes out. On the other hand, it's like an extension of himself. So that's Rabbi Yochanan's approach. Now, again, Rish Lakish would, if he didn't darshan the Pasuk this way, if he didn't uh, see that pasuk as a basis and, uh, of of a uh, of a uh, of a drasha, uh, putting a lot of weight of, on on the words hamav irat beira, meaning that it's a person's that it's damage caused by a person's body himself. So then he's left with the svara pshuta, which seems to be the the like Rabbi Karlinsky would say, perhaps the the default position that. That Isho is Mishum Mamono. Rabbi Yochanan has a pasuk to tell him to to move away from that approach. Um, I asked. I just asked the guys in Shir. We did this. We did the sugya in the, in in Shir. So I asked the guys which which approach seems to be the one that you would you would go with. So intuitively, the guys would said said Rish Lakish seems to be more more natural of an approach. Uh, and it makes sense because Rabbi Yochanan learns it out from a pasuk. Rabbi Yochanan is not, is not, even though he has a svara to reject Reish Lakish, but Reish Lakish seems like the more natural svara. Okay, uh, so that's the machlokas. Now, what are the practical ramifications? Initially, as I mentioned before, we thought that ownership of the coals might be a mafkamin. It might be a practical difference between the two of them. Uh, the sugya has its ins and outs, and eventually uh, sees this not as the as the difference between Rabbi Yochanan and Rachel Lakish, but but a difference that does exist is what if a person were to damage uh, a person? Meaning, let's say somebody's fire spread, and and chas all of these damages. When you're learning Baba Kam, you're saying chas all the time. So so the the fire spreads. And instead of damaging property, it damaged a person. Well, let's compare this to what if a person with his own body damaged another person? And what if a person's axe damaged a person? If a person's axe damaged a person, so then you only pay for damages. But if a person's body damaged another person, let's say somebody punched somebody in the face. So... So you would you would pay not only damage, which which the Allah has a way of calculating damage, but you would also pay for tsar, pain, ripui, healing, doctor bills, sheves, workman's compensation, and boshes, an embarrassment caused by by whatever the whatever the damage uh, did. So those only apply to automamazi, or those only apply to the category of a person causing damages by himself with his body towards another, as opposed to if a person's animal uh, damaged a person, so the owner of the animal would not have to pay for the pain and the doctor bills, etc. Okay, that's the background of the sugya uh, about, about Isho the Machlokas. Isho Mishum Chitzav, do we view fire as a person's arrows, uh, something that's an extension of himself? Based on the pasuk of 
Kitetse Eish, in the beginning of the Pasuk, something that goes out, but on the other hand, it's something it's considered as if you did it with yourself, by yourself. Um, or do we say Shumishum Mamono, that we consider a person's damage through fire when fire spreads because he didn't contain the fire? So do we consider that as if his property damaged? damaged? And again, the practical difference, do we say that you pay uh, now, Muke Yosef asks a surprising question. He says, It's as if he did it by himself. That's what we were saying. The whole point of when a person, let's say, shoots an arrow at somebody else and, and, uh, and, and hurts him. That's Anumamazik. That's definitely a person damaging by himself. Um, it's as if he did it with his own body. Even though what actually happened in fire was that the fire spread because you didn't contain it and it ended up going and damaging in the neighbor's yard. But it's but we consider the damage caused as if the person went there and with his long arm torched everything that was damaged by the fire. Now, if you have the following difficulty, if so, if damage by fire is, uh, and this is this is Rabbi Yochanan's opinion, we rule like Rabbi Yochanan against Reish Lakish, except for rare exceptions. So, if so, how is it that we permit before nightfall on Friday night, on Friday afternoon, to light Shabbos candles. And the lighting of the fire continues and is finished on Shabbat. What happens? Shabbat comes in, let's say, at, uh, let's say Shabbos candle lighting is 425. Friday afternoon, 425 p.m. The Shabbos candles are, and, and nightfall, let's say, is, is 525. So you light candles at 425. Tzetzel Kochavim is 525, 6 p.m. It's Shabbos, Shabbos, Shabbos. Yet the candles are still lit. Well, if we hold Isho Mishum Chitzav, that a person's fire is considered as if it's a zero, and we consider that as if he did it by himself, so isn't it as if the person is right now uh, lighting, the, lighting the wick and, and burning the wax? If you tell me, let's say, let's say on a Tuesday afternoon, a person lit a bonfire at 425, he didn't extinguish it properly, and it spread, and that by 6 p.m., it's burning the neighbor's, the laundry in the neighbor's yard. We consider, you told me a minute ago that and we consider it as if you did it with your hands, that you went over to the neighbor's yard and you, and you torched the clothing. With your hands, just like as if you would have torn it or 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 or, uh, or tore it with a knife or tore it with your hands. So wait a second, isn't it like you're you're doing havara? Isn't it like you're doing the malacha of lighting a uh, lighting a candle on Shabbos? Because we consider we consider a, sh- uh, a fire spreading as if you're doing it actively. Now in parentheses, one chidush, which is something that. Many, many Rishonim hold, uh, and from from a reading of some of the summary literature on this topic, especially by Rabbi Levi Yitzhak Halperin, um, 
who who has a book called Maaseu Groma Bahalacha, actions and indirect actions on Shabbos. So so he says most of the Rishonim apply Ishomishum Chitzav to other areas of halacha, not just to damages. Rashi limits it to damages, but others others you see the Nimuki Yosef is, has no issues with applying Ishomishum Chitzav to Hilchos Shabbos. V'chein, similarly, we say machizin es ha'or b'medura, that before before Shabbos comes in, we can have fire take hold of a of a of the of the of the firewood and a bonfire. V'holechet v'nigmer tadlakat b'Shabbat, and and the fire will continue to to start consuming all the wood in the in the fire. Let's say you have a you have a wood stove. Or you have a fireplace, or you have a you're you're doing camping out for Shabbos, and you light the bonfire uh, before Shabbos, and it and it continues to to spread to the rest of the wood as Shabbos goes in. That's okay. But according to Ishomi Shum Chitzav, it's as if you actually lit it by yourself on Shabbos. Wait a second. This is a kalvachomer. What do I mean, Kavachomer? By by Isho Mishum what do we say? You didn't stop your fire. And even though you didn't intend to do any damage to the next to the next door neighbors, but because of your negligence, you ended up doing damage, and yet you still have to pay as if you did it yourself. By Nezekesh, you didn't intend to, to burn the neighbor's uh, pile of grain or hay or what have you at all. And yet you're still culpable, and you're culpable as if you did it actively with your own hands. But here, when you're lighting the bonfire before Shabbos, when you're lighting Shabbos candles, your main intent is that it should continue to be lit on Shabbos. Now, and with all this, Tanan, we learn in a Mishnah, that before Shabbos comes in, you can you can hang the, the Korban Pesach to roast. And in the Besam Migdash, there was a place called Medurat Beta Moked where the Kohenim would keep warm, and um, you, can, you can have the fire uh, take hold before Shabbos. And this is commonly done all the time, as we said. Now, just a word about this, this kasha. This is the kind of a kasha where we know we must answer it, because it's not only, we can't say, uh, even by these other things, there's a heter to do some of those things, but, but uh, so you say, well, avoid it. It's a heter, but to avoid it. First of all, why is there such heter? We know there's a heter, and it seems to go directly against the Shomishum Chitzav. The most powerful is 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 lighting Shabbos candles. It's a mitzvah chazal or metakin a mitzvah chazal instituted that we must light Shabbos candles, and yet uh, Rabbi Yochanan holds the Shomishum Chitzav. We must have a reason. This isn't the Shiloh that this isn't the Kasha where you say, well, okay, yeah, I guess maybe we should be Machmer. You can't be Machmer because it's a mitzvah to light to light Shabbos candles. And when when the and uh, so so we would we must find an answer.
when we look into this properly, we won't have any kasha. That when we say that a person is obligated for damage caused by fire, it's as if he threw an arrow that at the point when a person shot an arrow, at that moment, everything was done. What do we mean when we say it's as if you shot an arrow? It's as if you shot an arrow and you did it yourself. We said that it's as if you did it yourself. It's as if you burned the, the neighbor's laundry. That take, took place Okay, the neighbor's the the neighbor's laundry you burnt, but when did you burn the neighbor's laundry? Not at six p.m. when it actually was consumed by fire, but at four twenty-five when you shot the arrow. Similarly, we don't consider it as an action that happened in the future. Wait a second. If we were to consider it as an, as an action that took place at 6 p.m., well, wait a second. At 6 p.m., you don't have the ability to, to turn it back. At 6 p.m., you're on us. At 6 p.m., you have no choice. Your only choice was at 4.25 p.m. And uh, we'll, we'll finish in a minute. The Hachinami, similarly here also, by Nezek caused by fire. And here's the case which pushes us against the wall. Let's say, God forbid, the person would pass away before the, the grain pile burnt in the neighbor's yard. In our same case that we've been doing all along, Tuesday afternoon at 425, he lights a fire. 6 p.m., the, the, the fire has spread to the neighbor's uh, yard and burnt the grain pile. And he passed away between 425 and before and 6 p.m. He passed away at 5 p.m. Certainly he's going to have to pay for the damages from his property, which, he'll, which he's going to pay back from his property, from his estate after he passes away. Fire went out and he's certainly going to have to pay. Why are, we, why are we causing him to pay? Wait a second, he's dead, and the dead person is not obligated for payments. We don't consider it as if he, as if he actively went and burnt at 6 p.m. We consider it as if he did it with his own hands, but he did it at 4, 4.25 p.m. When the potential for the fire spreading came, the same is true for Shabbos. When he starts, it's on, it's on Friday afternoon. And it's considered as if he finished the whole, all of the burning that's going to be done during Shabbos. He lights candles at 425. And let's say it's kind of Shabbos candles that are going to finish up at 8 p.m. All those hours of Shabbos candle lighting, it's not like he went and he burnt it at five and at six and at 625, et cetera, all those moments. It's as if he did the action by himself. He showed me Shum Chitzav, but he did it all at 425 before Shabbos. So therefore, Shabbos candles 
and lighting the bonfire before Shabbos, lighting the bonfire in the Medurat Beit HaMoked, and and putting the uh, and lighting the fire to 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 roast the korban pesach. All those things are things that you did before Shabbos. You did it by yourself. You did it actively. It's like you did it by yourself. But the time that you did it was when Shabbos comes in. That's the solution of the Namuke Yosef to his question. Now, God willing, next week we're gonna we're gonna learn something from Rav uh, Rav Tzvi Kushalevsky, uh, and uh, in his book on Hilchos Shabbos called Share Bina. Um, we're going from Rishonim, Achronim to contemporary Rabbanim uh, uh, well that uh, that uh, applies this Nimoke Yosef as well as as uh, as an Asivos to to a, a question of modern technology.